The Yes Day Inclusion Podcast is a solutions-based platform where we discuss the how-to-say-yes side of including all persons in everyday activities and situations. Our ultimate goal is to improve the lives of children and adults with disabilities by sharing stories and perspectives. These are your hosts, Laura Wingler and Kirby Morgan, and it's time to say yes to inclusion today. The topic for this episode is ableism. Laura and Kirby will define it, explain it, and identify ways in which we can stop doing it. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Yes to Inclusion. I'm Laura Wingler and I am Kirby Morgan. Today's topic is ableism. This is a very hot topic and a lot of people are very passionate about it on both sides. Yeah, where this was one that we decided to do because I think we need to address this elephant in the room if we're going to talk about inclusion. Um, It took me a long time to really have an understanding of this, of this term and what it means. And I'm going to be really transparent about myself and my own journey of growth here and say that in the beginning with ableism, when I would hear that word, I would think those people like with the when I had support groups, I'd like, please don't say that word. I didn't want to hear that word. I didn't want to address my own issues with the word. And I feel like um, definitely, you know, over the years you you go through phases as a special needs parent or advocate or, you know, person who works with the disabled community. And I think that embracing and educating yourself with this word is important. I think it is too. So I think like first, we should talk about the definition of ableism, the dictionary definition of it, which I have. Do you have it? No. Okay. So ableism defined in the dictionary is discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities who or who are perceived to have disabilities. So that is the very brief blanket definition. I'm so trying to, trying to uh, like make it easier to understand. Yeah, well, here's another def- dex- uh, from Urban Dictionary. It's ableism <laughs> is the discrimination or prejudice against people who have disabilities. Ableism can take the form of ideas and assumptions, stereotypes, attitudes and practices, physical barriers in the environment, or larger-scale oppression. It is sometimes unintentional, and most people are completely unaware of the impact of their words or actions. Yeah, I think it's also a unconscious thing we think. Like, we... It's, it's embedded into our society, unfortunately. So it's in simple terms, too. You're just prioritizing people who are able versus people who are disabled would be another way, I think, within my understanding to describe it. Yes. Yeah. So I want to go through, like, examples of uh, ableism. I'm not I'm, – I want to take out – our our opinions and like 
our feelings as much as possible just so that we could so we can give a clear picture of what it is before we talk about okay what you got some examples are just being um nervous clumsy awkward around people with wheelchairs that is like an unintentional example of ableism avoid talking to someone with a disability assuming that a disabled person's personalities fit into uh, predestined categories placing disabilities in a hierarchy of severity oh yeah the autism community is very known for that yes i feel like we went in the right direction right with the um autism spectrum from the asperger's and the pervasive development disorder now we're level one level two level three it's back right i i same resenting disabled people for advantages or privileges you think they have as a group this is the main one of the main flip sides of consent um what am i saying it's one of the main points of contention i think uh with in the within the word ableism this would be a good time to talk about your your Disney perspective that we talked about before. Yes. Well, if you listened to our second episode, we were we were very heated about Disney. Um, <laughs> what was a reoccurring thing that you kept hearing us to say is that so many people have taken advantage of this system. So this is what you now have to go through because like we were being punished and automatically being get under the assumption that we were there to get something that we didn't need or we were taking advantage of their system to get special treatment because they feel like the accommodations that they make for disabled people is like special treatment when it's really just an appropriate accommodation so that they could enjoy the environment the same as everybody else versus um looking at at it like special treatment or preferential treatment Mm -hmm. the words taking advantage not taking advantage you're getting a need met or not met it's it's, that is exactly the truth because if we automatically take the viewpoint that those that have a handicap placard get preferential parking we are being a part of ableism and i didn't realize how uh it it broke down i used to think that ableism was like very extremist like they were very extremist Mm -hmm. this was a big you know they were it was us versus them and it was like we just want to learn well no now that I understand the word a little bit better, I I have a different um Yeah, do you, I feel like as 
as you go through this journey, you just go through all these, not phases of acceptance, but like phases of what this life entails for advocating for your kid. And I think I started to better understand it when I started to see it happening to my child. And I'm like, well, hold on there. They're making assumptions. They're treating her differently over things that she can't control. And they're, when I'm seeing different organizations and activities, cherry picking kids over the disabled kids. Like everyone wants those kids over our kids. And then I started seeing, you know, I'm like, there is there a word for this? What is happening? What am I watching happen? I'm like, oh, it's that word ableism that I was so afraid of or afraid to, to understand that I was myself hiding it. Because none of us want to, ex- I didn't want to acknowledge or face my own demons with that word. I didn't want to even consider that, oh my God, even me saying things like, my child's autism is less severe than someone else. That is ableism too. Like it was really hard to go through the process of, of accepting that, oh my God, like this is so ingrained in our society that I myself thinking I'm this, this amazing person advocate for my child. I had my own issues within this domain as well. Right. And I think it comes with a lot of education because I was very similar. Like, um, okay, your child has autism, but my son has severe nonverbal autism where, okay, yes, I had to learn that although my son is nonverbal, he is going to have struggles that other people are not going to have, where you are going to have struggles with your child that may not be nonverbal severe that Jaden's not going to have. And it's not a competition that mm-hmm. it is so it, it took me the same thing because I've learned through the process that there is no easy disability. There is no easy. None of it's easy. There is no easy side of any of this. So do we have any examples that we've, we've experienced ourselves? Um, yeah. So I've had this happen to me a few times. Have you, um, so I have a handicap placard on my car and it is used for Jaden's safety. And nine out of 10 times when I'm taking Jaden to an event like, uh, Jackson soccer, the, the Naval hospital for a doctor's appointment or the, grocery store. It, I physically cannot lift him anymore and put him in a cart. I cannot grocery shop while chasing him through aisles or while he wanders off getting re, regrouping him. So I have had a lot of people I have gotten out of my car and this has happened like three different times that I remember specifically. The first time was at the military base. The second time was at the Naval hospital. I think the third time was at a store. I get out of my car and somebody says to me, well, you don't look, you sure don't look handicapped. And I look, close the door and I look at them for a second. I pause. Like first time I think I was taken by shock and I don't think I said anything. The second time I was said, I'm not, thank God, but my son, who I'm about to get his uh, special needs wheelchair out of my trunk and put, take him out of my car is. So thank God that I'm not, but he is. And that's the reason I'm parking here. And 
So that, and then the third time I said something similar, but like the first time I was shocked. I was shocked that that person said that to me. Cause like, why would I be parking in like, like, yeah, I just decided like, I'm going to get a handicap placard and park here. And I'm sure people do that. And that's a thing. But for you to automatically look at me and know nothing about me and assume I don't have a disability. And then to assume that if you did, it's a bad thing. Right. Like, and your, then like your life is less important. Like, I don't like that is also a big part of this is people assume that we saw it through COVID. Oh my God. Like they were prioritizing the ventilators for people who were able-bodied. So if you had like a lung disability or some kind of basically any disability, you weren't making it to the top of that list. That happened all over the country. That was a horrific thing to watch because you're saying that one life is more valuable than another. That's, I think that's like the root of this, this whole thing too. Right. And you're just to assume that handicapped parking is preferential treatment. It's not preferential treatment. It's a safe way for him to get in and out of the building with, with, a, out, with avoiding a parking lot. And there are so many different situations. It's uh, people that that are physically disabled that are, there's so many reasons why you would need a different parking situation and to see it as preferential treatment versus an accommodation is what is the viewpoint that needs to change in a lot of places because they see the passes for disability passes or disabled parking or a different entrance and they automatically assume that they have it, they get something special over there and it's like special treatment. No, it's just appropriate treatment. It's just uh, adequate to their needs. The yeah. counter just may be a little lower. <laughs> like for all you know, the counter six inches lower. That's the difference. Yeah, it's lower. It's leveling the playing field is essentially the point here. Um, I've also heard about, exam- I've re- I was reading an article about examples about ableism in the school systems which is i thought was interesting because i know for myself as an instructional designer when i'm designing learning and videos i try to be i try to include all kinds of backgrounds in the pictures like i am very conscious to not have the same kinds of people in every video and every you know even the voices that i use and i was reading about one of the biggest things is that the photos in like textbooks don't depict or represent everyone in the class that, you know, if, if there's all kids who are able-bodied or all kids who, like, you never have the, you know, the kids that the disabled person can relate to, that in itself is, is just one of those things where nobody's even thinking about it. You have to be thinking about it. I'm very conscious of what images and and representations I put. I make sure to, I, I don't, not like a, I don't have an official checklist, but in my head, I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure, like, the whole population of students I'm catering to feel seen when they're taking a course that I designed or that they feel included in just because you relate to characters you see it you know what I mean we're not going to relate we don't all relate to characters that don't look and feel like us and it's it's just such a subtle thing that gets that gets um that gets put in there and the other big thing that I read about was tolerance the lack of tolerance for people's differences in in a school I mean 
it is what it is. There are some people that can't do things and there's people that can do things. The people that can do them are not better than the people that can't or the people, you know, the kid that is annoying, making noise that's bothering you. Like just not being able to tolerate that person. Why is, I always, I always get this comment from people that'll say, why is that child's need to disrupt the class more important than my kid needing quiet? Well, why is your kid's education a priority over the other one? They're both a priority. It's an equal priority. That's, that is a whole ableist notion that's ingrained in our society as well. It is. And it's just, uh, I, I also don't see a ton. I see lately, it's a little bit more um, representation in pictures and um, course material with uh, different children. But um, I'm just going to say it because um, that's how I am. The, the representation of the disabled, the communities that I see, is not a child holding an AAC. It's somebody in a wheelchair. It's that mm -hmm. is like, so it'll be like, uh, people of all different cultures and skin tones and then it will be the person in a wheelchair that's how they will represent disabled disabilities or you don't see like a kid just carrying an AAC device or a kid with headphones mm -hmm. that I would like to see that a little bit more and I'm hoping that that does become more normal now because it's so common today to see that out in the community it is for sure. Yeah. So the other, the other pieces too would just be as we're being just cognizant of it is not making assumptions about people that could be seen as ableist, you know? Um, I know I get, I'll get phone calls or comments about, Oh, you know, just assumptions that my, one of my kids won't be able to do something because, Oh, it might be too much for them. And I'm like, oh, no, well, we haven't tried in a while. Don't just assume it's too much. Make an effort. Let's make an effort to try and do it. That right there. Or not thinking about how every person in the community would benefit from something when you're designing it or when you're creating it or planning it. Just it's it's really this is an episode that can go on forever, but this is just a deep rooted thing that you just have to dismantle it like piece by piece because every corner we just find new little, new little hints and crumbs of it left behind that we don't always know. Right. And I think everyone we're in a world, like it's just, if I call and say, hi, I have a son that would like to participate in this program. However, he has autism and um, what accommodations do you offer? A lot of times they don't even call me back. They're just assuming the worst. I don't even get a call back. They're like, no thanks. That's a lot of work. And the assumptions already made. Where he could very well, with assistance, do well in the program I was calling about. And I wouldn't have been calling them if I honestly thought it was like out, like an outer space idea. Why would I waste my time? Yes. So I think assuming a, is a, lot. a huge, every, I think assumptions are a huge part of society yeah. today. And, and it's a hard, it, these are hard habits to break. Like these are just hard. I'm not like this, this whole topic is very hard because this is, it's a lot to unpack and it's a lot. 
it, it's something that you can't do overnight. It just becomes like undoing your own things that are just in your subconscious. Like you're, you're like undoing thoughts that you've been trained to have. It's so that's how deep it goes. Like there's just sometimes I will say something. I'm like, oh my God, that was wow. Why would I say that? Like even when you apologize to someone and then they tell you some, they have a disability. <laughs> like, oh my God, why did I do that? Like right. that's how, why am I sorry? They still have their life. They're still thriving and doing like what I have to like sometimes really try not to be in an unintentional too. It, it's, it's just a lot. So I want to just, Maybe we could talk about, like, how do we tackle it or start tackling it? Yes. I think, like, the best way to start tackling it would be to educate yourself because knowledge is power. And I didn't know a lot of these things until this was my life. So I couldn't imagine just being um, a teacher or being a person that is not affected daily by us living with someone with a disability, how my brain process would work because I don't live with it. I don't see it and I may not be a part of it as often as somebody else. But I think educating yourself, um, I think that everybody's really concerned about being politically correct. I think every a lot of people don't know what to say. So that's where like the I'm sorry's come from. I don't think like somebody's saying, oh, I'm sorry that you, you know, but I think it's just an automatic because they don't know what else to say. Where when that's, I, I have a huge blog post that I wrote and it's like, I'm not sorry. Like, because everybody would constantly say, oh, I'm so sorry. As soon as I would say, um, he's not talking about his autism. That's why he's ignoring you and running like in circles right now. Mm -hmm. They would automatically say, I'm sorry, versus is there anything I could do to make this situation easier for him? Or oh, can I accommodate him in any way? It looks like he's struggling. They automatically just go to, I'm sorry. So I think educating yourself. Definitely. And just when you're, to conclude this education part, it's just like when you're looking at someone, see them, just see the person and not their disability. Like just see, look for the person because just because they have this disability doesn't mean that their, their life is less valuable or, le or less than yours. It, it's not always something to be sorry about. They have adapted to their, to their disability and they're making the best of their life, which is the same quality that yours is. Well, I think another one would be stop assuming. Let's not assume that because John is in a wheelchair that John doesn't want to participate in the debate club because we automatically, yeah. a lot of the times, will just assume that a disability kind of disqualifies someone from a lot of things when that's not the case. Like yeah. J John can do his job as good as you or I sitting in his wheelchair. That shouldn't affect you seeing John as a person. So I think a lot of the times assumptions, like we said before, can get us in a lot of trouble because um, like Laura said, we wanna see the person, not the disability. Absolutely. And 
the most important part here is accessibility is important. It's in, it's inclusive. It's it's everything we do. Not wanting to make something accessible, it's prioritizing able-bodied people. It's really not that difficult to make things accessible. I do it every single day in my line of work. And it's just become second nature to who I am. Like I'm always thinking beforehand, if someone with this situation wanted to do this, is that possible before that even happens? That's just the way I've come to think. Just right. in the line of instructional design, that's just who I am at this point. Right. And I think like a lot of people assume like assess- accessibility is like a ramp or a, but sometimes, how, but- right. Sometimes it is. And that's great. But like why it could be as simple as providing reusable headphones that you could desanitize that could help for sound. There are so many ways to make programs accessible for all people without too much money being spent or a ton of work being put into it it was just changing of the like a few things like the way you do it like just do it a little bit different um have written instructions versus only verbal have both like you have to think of all the ways that you could accommodate a lot of different people otherwise you are being bias and you are prioritizing those that fit into the bubble of your of what I guess you're planning to serve where you could serve so many more and probably do 10 times better if you made small accommodations and allowed your program to be for everybody versus those that have all the abilities and need no sort of accommodations. Exactly. The more the more that you have different people and the more that you accept and reflect on your own practices and just your own assumptions and ideas and things that you know, the better the world will be. Like that's, I, I feel like I learn every single day about myself and tackling these big issues like this. So that would just be, if you're one of our listeners, I don't think anyone is perfect in this area. I think we all just based on just based on history and our society, this is just part of our culture, but it's the part that we want to leave behind, right? We, we want to leave these ugly things behind. We want to leave discrimination behind. We want to leave racism behind. Ableism, all these things are all intertwined into, yes, into our society. Exactly. And it's not something that we, we know. It's not something that is going to be a flip that you switch. Because we, I still have my moments where I'm like, did I just say that? I really just said that. Oh, I like, and I'm embarrassed, and I'm I'm apologizing because of the way, you know, that's the way my brain has been programmed for a long time, and it, you know, it just like uh, Laura said, it's not easy to just sometimes reprogram everything, but as long as you're taking the right steps to educate yourself. Again, you are going to make the world a better place for mm-hmm. people that just need more. Yep. It's not about perfection. It's about growth. I know I read my old blog post sometimes. And I'm like, oh, wow, Laura, that's really ableist of you, like, complaining about your child's behavior, wanting a, a good kid and 
all the things <laughs> that I'll find. Oh, but yeah. you know what? That's who I was yesterday. It's not who I am today. So I, I feel like we all go through our journey, especially bloggers, because and when you look back, you look back and you're like, Whew, that was a harsh one. <laughs> yeah, well, you, I feel like this, you just learn so much every single day that then when you see like where you started, you're like, wow, that's I've come so far. And wow, it's amazing. So that's, we're hoping that as you follow us through our journey on yesterday, that you'll be able to look back and reflect and kind of see the things that we're bringing to light. Yes. So we'll be back with a part two of this episode because of course we couldn't cover it all in one episode. Yep. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Please remember that all the opinions you hear on our show, whether from our hosts or guests, are their own. They don't represent anyone else's views or endorsements. So listen in for fun and learning, or remember, it's all up to you how you use it. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on this adventure. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Yes Day Inclusion. To leave us a voice message, please use the provided link because we'd love to hear from you.